Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. It's been a feisty morning with various issues on the programme. Keep those comments coming in 053 or text us on 0873737956. Let's draw a breath a little while. Let's have a chat with Marty. Morning to you, Marty. How are you? Good morning, Alan. And how are you? I'm grand, Marty. It is a busy morning and there's a lot going on about face masks with children and fishing problems uh, as well here. But you're on your way to Wexford, Marty. Tell us why. I'm already in the sunny southeast. I'm about uh, 10 kilometres outside Gorey and I, I love this uh, beautiful county. And uh, I was talking to Siobhan there. And you've beautiful studios looking out at the, at the sea and the water and the boats. Like, you, you are a lucky man, Alan Corcoran. I know that, yeah. I appreciate it every day, yeah. <laughs> the best view of any radio station in Ireland. In the world! I, <laughs> I, I would say in the world, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so, yeah, you never know. I might end up in Wexford myself. You're more than welcome we, to pop we, in and say hello to us any time, Marty. And, of course, you began I, in local radio, didn't you? You started with Clare FM. I did. I started in Clare FM a uh, long time ago. And uh, I remember when we... Cayman Jones was XRT. Uh, he'd been in RT Cork Local Radio, which was a novel idea in the, in the 70s and 80s. And he came up with this uh, idea of, uh, uh, of death notices. Uh, and I, I smiled. I said, are you serious? And uh, now, now they're part and parcel of local radio. Um, and we were one of the first stations at the time, as I know. We opened in September 1989. Mm. And um, they're now an, an integral part of our, of our lives. I've lots to talk to you about, Marty, in the time frame we have, but you're coming to Easton and Wexford, is it, uh, to, to sign your book th- today? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, go- I'm on my way to Gorey first, then Escorthy, and then Wexford Town. So I'll be, I'll, I'll be in Gorey. When, when we finish this conversation, I'll, I'll go into Easton and Gorey, then on to Escorthy. I would say I'll be in Escorthy around half 11, 12, and I'll be in Wexford Town then. Uh, I have to leave, I have to be gone from Wexford by 2 o'clock because uh, yeah. I'm heading to Dungarvan. All right, so you're a busy, busy so, man. Busy day, busy day. Yeah, but I, do you know what I'm actually enjoying this part, Alan? Yeah. Because you do meet people. Yeah. They're not official signings because of COVID. We're trying to be very responsible and make sure everybody stays safe. Yeah. But it is nice to to meet people and and to sign the books of it. If 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 people, I I hope people will love the book and will buy the book. Look, there's a lot to talk about in the time frame we have, but I have to talk to you about Grey Fanny. Who's Grey Fanny? <laughs> Grey Fanny was my grandfather's horse, uh, an amazing horse. Now, remember, Alan, I was brought up in New York. I was brought up until I was almost 11 years of age. So we come home on holidays uh, to my grandparents in West Clare because my mother is Cork and my father was Clare. And um, my grandfather had uh, 30 acres of very bad West Clare land. And, but he loved the land. He reminded me of Bull McCabe. Except, thanks for the God, he didn't murder anybody. Right. But the, the land was everything. And I do remember uh, him... Uh, trying to inculcate that kind of culture in me, and I was only whatever four, five, six, whatever. Yeah. But um, Grey Fanny was the horse, born and reared on on the land. But I, I, I didn't believe it myself until I until I saw it because I used to, being brought up in an apartment, a one bed apartment in New York, and then come home and have the freedom of the open spaces and have a horse yeah. that I could hop on and save the hay and tram the hay and all that sort of thing. But the horse Grey Fanny was amazing because. My grandfather used to wear a cap, a circular cap, to protect his balding head. And Alice, my grandmother, used to say to my grandfather, take off that hat and don't come in here into the kitchen. Now, the kitchen, it was poor times. It was a thatched house uh, with a half door uh, on on what is now, what was then the main Lehinch Kilrush Road in West Clare. Now we've gone very posh. We now call it the Wild Atlantic Way. Right. So the great Fanny, anyway, would walk. He'd have the, the, my grandfather would would walk with me, or I'd walk with him up the road, 
and he'd have the reins in his fingertips. And as we approached the house, Grey Fanny would take off the cap off my off my grandfather's head yeah. with her with her teeth. And when she her, her head would be in the door, her arse would be out, and she'd fling the the, the cap at my grandmother. Yeah, I couldn't believe it unless I saw it myself. Right, but. The, the, the poor Grey Fanny, when my grandfather died, he, he died on the back of the, 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 the horse and trap uh, in the hay barn. And uh, the, the Grey Fanny was always very quiet and always very, was a pet, an absolute pet. Yeah. But she went really mad when, when, when my grandfather died. And the local vet thought, this might be a good, she might be, she might be lonely. Yeah. Um, so she, um, my, my father went into the house and got my grandfather's old hat. And gave the hat to my to, to the to the horse, and the horse went uh, grabbed it in her teeth and went off into the fields with my grandfather's hat. And there was nothing. She was grand all night. And the following day, my father went down, and the poor horse had died oh. with the hat beside her. Isn't that so that an was amazing the story, story of Grey Fanny. A lovely, yeah. lovely, and I mean, gave me a great love of horses in particular. Uh, you you, you love the rural life because I know you love the ploughing championships. You love all aspects of it. But I just want to go back to your 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 starting of the commentating. You began on the back of a tractor and trailer, and you had five years of rejection from RTE before they said we've had enough of rejecting this fellow. We'll take him in. Quite a story, Marty. Yeah, I mean, I have all I've all the letters. I put one of the letters into the into the book <clears throat> because you know when you're trying and you're trying and trying, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to take rejection. We all get rejection in some shape or form. And I got my I got my fair share, and maybe it was the case, Alan. I wasn't good enough. I don't know, but you know, you sit back and 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 you get another rejection letter. You send up a VHS as it was at the time, and you try again. And it was like at the time, it was Mihala here and Mihala Merhati. They were my two idols, so I was kind of basing it on them. And then I kind of said, you know what? There's only one way to do this, and just just be yourself. Uh, and yeah. Eventually, after five years of rejection and five years of perseverance, yeah. um, they finally gave me a chance to do a game on Sunday sport, as it was. That would be League Sunday to, yeah. in, in, in today, today, a Dublin Armagh football match in Crow Park. And I genuinely thought it was an audition. Hmm. And then they said, no, you'll hear it on Sunday night. Yeah. And that was 1989. I did 13 matches that year. Uh, and the big one for me was the only live game I did, which was the Antrim Offaly hurling match. When Antrim surprised Offaly in the All Ireland semi final. Yeah, well, look, uh, you, you're not afraid to ask the hard question. And I, I have memories of you <laughs> talking to the manager of our neighbouring county, Kilkenny, Brian Coley. You had a bit of a spat with Coley, didn't you, Marty? Yeah, and, uh, and I didn't want to because I admired the man greatly, but it was the 2009 All Ireland final, and it was uh, Kilkenny were going for four in a row. And basically, uh, Dermot Kerwin, the referee from Cork, gave a penalty to Kilkenny down at the Hill 16 end and Henry Shefflin stood over the ball and crashed it into net past Brendan Cummins and the tip pads. So I was doing sideline and um, I, we spoke to Brian, Tyke De Bruyne, God be good to him, was our floor manager at the time and we had a great chat and um, anyway we started the conversation live on air and Brian said, you know, it was great that Henry Shefflin stood over the ball and hit that penalty. And I said, well Brian, <clears throat> did you think for the penalty? Well, then all hell broke out. And if I could have dug a big hole for myself, I would have. Because Brian Cody is six foot three and I'm five foot nothing. And it wasn't a, a fair battle. But I had to kind of stand my ground and say, and he, he kind of, he kind of resented the question. Uh, yeah. And he said, he said, well, did you think it was a penalty? Well, I said, I, I thought it was a bit dodgy, to be honest with you. <laughs> because I thought it was either a free out or free in. 
I would throw a ball. I didn't think it was a penalty, if I was to be honest. Yeah. But anyway, um, but I had to ask the question. Uh, and it became a big talking point, and it was, all the papers had it. And I was mortified because I didn't want to be in the front page of the papers, but I was. Yeah. But I was lucky at the time, Alan. I was covering boxing. Yeah. And there was an Olympic qualifier and initially the following uh, on the Tuesday. So I flew out to do my boxing job on the Monday. Mm-hmm. While meanwhile, I was getting phone calls from every journalist. Oh, all of them would be my friends. But I said, lads, I can't say anything. I'm not saying anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So anyway, two weeks after I came back, um, I, thought, I thought the big man surely would have calmed down by now. Right. And I rang him, and we had our, our private chat. And I said, uh, Brian, if I was to do it again today, I'd ask the same question, because yeah. that was my job. Because the, the, that penalty, that decision, that goal turned the All-Ireland final on mm. its head yeah. and gave... And gave Kilkenny the impetus. And what did he say to you? What did he say to you? He he respected my 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 stance. To be fair to him, yeah. And over time, we've become best of friends again. Actually, in the book, I tell one very quick story. This year, in February, March, I was covering a league game in in Nolan Park in Kilkenny, Kilkenny against Leash, and um, uh, because I was tied up, you know the way machinery is or gear. My gear was hooked up to the system in Nolan Park. So when the match was over, Sunday Sport wanted an interview with uh, the, the two managers. So I went up to Brian, and Brian, I said, Brian, I'm really sorry about this. Is there any chance you come up to the, to the stand? Which is a bit of, bit of a pain in the neck, to be honest with you. Yeah. And he said, oh, Jesus, Matty. And I said, look, it'll only take you two minutes. Anyway, come on, he says. And off he ran. He ran ahead of me. And we went up and we did the interview. And afterwards, I met the Kilkenny officials, and they were all laughing. I said, what are you laughing at? Oh, yourself and Cody, you're the best of friends again. He wouldn't do that for local radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, fair play to Brian. We're okay. the best of friends again. Time is catching up on us, Marty. Have to ask you the question. You're the most imitated commentator in Ireland at the moment. Callan or Mario, who does your best? Hard, hard question. I, look, it, it kind of started by I didn't know they were doing it at all until Mario appeared on the Late Late Show. Um, so <laughs> I enjoy it. I remember Colin Murray got be good to him was impersonated, and he didn't like the idea at all. I said, look, that's the greatest compliment, is, is, is imitation. Yeah. And I said, if it ever happened to me, I'd buy into it. But I never thought it would. Mm-hmm. But when it did, the two boys do me rather well. I think probably Oliver has me a little, little bit sharper than Mario at the moment, but there's nip and tuck. Yeah. But the two of them have, uh, have made the Marty party something that uh, has yeah. stuck with me now. So, And you know, Alan, by the way, can I say in the new year, please God, yeah. when COVID is gone, I'm going on tour. I'm going to do an entertainment show around the country. Oh, the excellent. Party. Well, we look forward so, to that. We'll be and heading I mean, to Exford. And, and I mean, does all this business about it's Marty's time to party, does that annoy you or do you savour it? Do you, 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 you uh, no, we go over the track. Do you? No, not so. Ah, right. yeah. I mean, I think, there, I think everybody can distinguish that line between doing my job uh, and having the crack when I'm not doing my job, or having right. when I'm doing a show that's entertaining, uh, like Marty and Bernard or Dance with the Stars, they understand well that's a bit of crack. But when I'm doing right. my job, when I have to do my job, I do I do my job. But no, I think it's it's okay. a bit of crack. And you know what? Fair, fair play to you, Marty. You've answered the questions I wanted to ask you. Can I put another elephant into the room for you? you? A big elephant, Mr. Brolly, Joe Brolly. He he annoyed you, did he? Did he upset you? Yeah, <clears throat> he probably did at the time, if I was to be honest. I mean, I was on my way to Perlis to do a match between Clare and Limerick in the Munster Championship. But Cavan and Monaghan were playing. And you know, Alan, <clears throat> the panel goes to the gate, to the venue of the second game. So Joe Brawley and Tomas O'Shea uh, were with Michael Lester in Perlis. And I was, outside the, I, was on the, I was outside the rag. That sounds as if I was drinking in the rag. I was, I was just passing the rag at the time. 
and I had my way to Thurlis and um, next thing on the phone line, start, my phone started hopping mm-hmm. and uh, one of my good friends, Maureen Callison, who's head of uh, communications, Archie, said, don't answer your phone um, over what Bolly said. I said, what did Joe say? I hadn't heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't very nice. I mean, uh, I think he said that Kevin football was uglier than Marty Morris thing. Right. And, um, did, you, did you mend like, the fences then after that, did you? Well, it took a day or two, to be honest with you, yeah. because... Um, I mean, if I do something wrong, and look where none of us are perfect, I'd put my hand up and I would ring that person right. immediately. And that would be just my nature. But anyway, he rang me the following Wednesday, and he apologized. And that's okay. absolutely fine. And in fact, I was only... I socialized it. with him about three weeks ago above Mayo. Yeah. And uh, no, we're, we're, we're grand. We're A1 again, and he does... You, you, have a, you, have a, you have a great cut about you. I mean, you call it as it is. <laughs> You're not afraid to say it. Do you think sometimes coverage now has gone a bit bland? I mean, I, I miss the likes of the Joe Brallies on TV coverage. I miss your colleague, Michael Lester, as well. I think uh, Joanna's doing a cr- fantastic job, by the way. She's excellent. But um, I also miss the, the kind of the, the Giles the Brady, the Dunphy. Do you think it's gone a bit bland, Marty? I, I think there is a... Uh, to me, television is ultimately about... I know Brady uh, is still there, by the way, but I think he was better with Flank by the two boys, yeah. He, yeah, he had a bit of... He had, he had chemistry with the two boys, to be fair. I think we've become very analytical and very scientific, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a kind of almost numbers, if you, if you can put it like that. I mean, yeah. I'm blinded by statistics now, yeah. and I don't, I don't use them, I, I, because... To me, the nature of the game is still the same. The tone of it hasn't changed. Yes, it's good to know that, uh, you know, Kilkenny had 15 wides in the first half and Wexford had five or whatever it is. That's relevant. But I think we've become so mathematical, analytical, that it's, it's to me, it's, it's over yeah. the top. Yeah. And I think the, the, the element of entertainment, it's, yes, our coverage has to be what it is. The game it has to be analysed. We have to say it as it is without being hurtful or insulting, but just say, look, we don't think that they're doing so well. Mm. But I, I think we need a bit of banter. I think we need a smile. I think people need to, when they watch the television coverage of any games, yes, they're intrigued by the game, but they also need yeah. to have a little smile brought to their lives, and even more so in COVID times. You do yeah, that all the time. You do that. Uh, time has caught up with me, Marty. Safe driving to Exeter to your Gory and Escorthy, and then into Exeter Town in the, in the, in the bookshops there, Eason. Uh, look, hopefully we'll see you in Wexford Park a little bit later on next year when you're down to do the coverage in Wexford making the All-Ireland Football or Hurling Final. We'd love to well, see you I, down there. You know, I'll I, I leave you with two things. I played against Wexford in a Division 3 football final in Croke Park. Did you ever know that? I didn't know that. Now I know no. it, yeah. Now you see it. I, well, actually, I played at half-time. I was so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I went out onto the field and I kicked the ball. I was uh, I was sub Anthony Burke and I kicked the ball at, at the canal end of the Davin end and, or the canal end and the Hill 16 end, anyway. And I thought, well, now, I'll never get back here again. But yeah. look, it's become a, a workplace for me. I, I would like to say if people... If people want a good Christmas present, I hope this. I hope they'll think of, of buying it, Marty, because I hope people will will see it's an example of perseverance, rejection, right. but also bring a smile to people's laughs and get get a few laughs. I'll tell I'll tell Mario to up his game when he's taking you off now, to, because <laughs> Callan Callan is is two points ahead into injury time. Right? Okay. <laughs> good, good luck to you. Bye. Good luck. Bye. 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 Ah, pleasure. Pleasure. He cheers us all up, doesn't he, Marty Morrissey, the legend. Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views.